Friends, welcome to Theology for Teachers, a podcast for Catholic high school teachers. I'm Ed Hannenberg, and with us today is Colleen Dolly, who is here to talk about young Catholic activism. Colleen is an award-winning journalist, producer, digital media engineer, and currently assistant producer of audio and video at America Media in New York, a Jesuit apostolate. Welcome, Colleen. It's nice to have you. Um, we're talking about young Catholic activism. Earlier this year, you published an article in America titled, Where Are the Millennial Catholic Activists? Mm -hmm. What motivated you to write this article? Um, so the immediate motivation, even though it's a question that has been kind of playing in my mind for a long time, was when there was that DACA protest in February and all of those um, older, a bunch of older religious uh, and people from around the DC area, influential Catholics, were there and they were doing civil disobedience in one of the Capitol Rotunda buildings. Um, and I, I remember looking at these pictures and then thinking like, everybody who I know who's on DACA is like my age, right? It's uh -huh. the average age of the person is 24. And the people who were getting arrested who were participating in this like Catholic civil disobedience were not in their 20s, right? They, I remember there were pictures from above from the rotunda and it was just striking to me like all, all of these gray heads, right? Uh -huh. And it's like, it's great. I'm glad that people are, are standing up for this. Um, but, but it was like, why are people my age not, not the ones out there in these Catholic groups, you yeah. know, getting arrested for these people who are, who are our peers? Yeah. Well, wh what do you think keeps younger Catholics from engaging in activism? You know, I think a lot of young Catholics um, do participate in different kinds of activism, right? They'll either ally themselves with secular groups, which, you know, you can see are having like a lot of success, mm -hmm. or it, the, big, the big instance of Catholic activism that, that a lot of young Catholics are part of is like the March for Life, which has a ton of institutional support and it's great, but then a lot of people, you know, they, they go with their high school or their youth group or college and then they graduate and then they never touch any sort of Catholic activism again. Uh -huh. And I feel like I should say, like, Catholic activism is, I'm defining it as just like activism by a Catholic or like with a Catholic group, right? Okay. Okay. Um, so. And you're making a distinction, it sounds like, between Catholics who are engaged in activism mm -hmm. and Catholic activism. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's participating in that that work with like a clear identity as a Catholic, right? Uh -huh. um, yeah, and this comes up, you know, when you're doing something like participating in like the Women's March or something like that, or, or even the March for Life since it's less of a, an explicitly Catholic event now, um, where these different groups that you're trying to ally yourself with, you know, usually require you to compromise your beliefs in some way, right? The Women's March, you know, their, their unifying document says that you need to like support abortion rights and the March for Life invited President Trump last year to speak. So like, if you disagree with, with parts of these things, it helps to participate in these larger movements with a, with a group of Catholics, because okay. then you can identify yourselves and say, you know, we're here, but, but this is what we stand for, right? Okay. Is it, that, is it there that young people aren't activists or there aren't these Catholic activist groups? I think there's a lack of Catholic activist groups. I think there's also a big generational divide, right? Like when an individual young Catholic wanders into somewhere like the Catholic Worker House or a Pax Christi group or whatever, you know, when I do that, I'm, I'm often the youngest person in the room by a few decades. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think, I think it's that 
you know, we don't have examples who look like us. We don't have a lot of institutional support for the activist groups that we might want to be involved in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, is that a bad thing? I mean, I, I'm that thinking. Less I'm th institutional support. Well, I'm I'm thinking about the um, uh, the devil's advocate in me saying, well, isn't that isn't this just getting too political? I mean, what? Why should the church be? <laughs> why should the church be involved in this kind of activism? Well, if you you know want if you believe in the tenets of Catholic social teaching, right? It's it's beyond just an opposition to abortion, which, like again, I'll say is you know very important, right? If you if you truly believe that abortion is taking a human life, then then mass abortion equates to, you know, like a, a genocide almost, right? So mm -hmm. it's it's a huge issue, and I get that. But we teach more things than that, right? Like the Catholic Church, and you know, straight back to Jesus, right? Like they were, they didn't just step in when a baby was being killed, right? They, you know, we oppose capital punishment, and we, you know like believe racism is a sin. And all these things are also super important. I mean, something like the death penalty, right? If you, <laughs> if you believe that that's the taking of a human life too, I don't see why that doesn't have like as many actively supported, you know, giant movements uh, supported by the church, you know, to end that. Uh -huh. yeah. And part of that, I think, I mean, in some ways, I, th I, I think a lot about, you know, the church's, how the church's opposition to abortion you know, falls, as you said, within this wider body of Catholic social teaching, right. a host of issues involved, and, and are kind of highly politicized or polarized, I mm -hmm. guess, yeah. highly polarized culture. It can be difficult, if not impossible, for a committed Catholic who really is committed to all of these issues to find a political home. Right, we're politically homeless, and, like by definition. Okay, so what advice do you give to young people then about how to, um, because often I feel like the conversation comes down to electoral politics. You're right, talking about right. voting and so on. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, I mean, what advice do you have for young people today who are awakening to that realization mm -hmm. of the breadth of the church's social teaching? Yeah, I think that, you know, the best advice I have is just to try to find like-minded Catholics, right? there. There are groups on social media that you can use to connect to people locally. We have a great community around America's Young Adult Podcast, Jesuitical, and I know that people, mm. you know, are very refreshed to find kind of like-minded Catholics who are interested in activism across the spectrum of like life issues or mm -hmm. social justice issues. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, obviously like get involved with your parish, actually stick around after mass, like find people who look like you and talk to them. and. And see if they'd be interested in, in trying to get small groups together to, to participate in, in, you know, social justice work, whether that's something along the lines of, like, works of mercy, works of charity, right, working a soup line, or whether it's, you know, I don't know, going to, going to prisons or, like, protesting for prison reform, right? It, mm -hmm. You know, you have to discern what you're called to, mm -hmm. I think. And, uh, so, you know, maybe not everybody is, is called to acts of civil disobedience or, or you know, anything like that. But, um, yeah, I would just say, like, get together with, with these small groups. I think that there is strength, especially for Catholics, like, in numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Get together, pray together, be Catholic together, and mm -hmm. that will inspire the mm -hmm. work that you do. Mm -hmm. um, one of the interesting dynamics, I think, as you know, that, like, we're kind of um, uh, reaching out to high school teachers in Catholic schools. Mm -hmm. And I know that a, a number of 
Catholic schools not only uh, frequently send groups of students to the Right to Life March, but also host a number of service initiatives, immersion trips. Um, is that the kind of thing that you're talking about? Or, or what, I guess kind of how do you, on the one hand, put it this way, sure. um, with the institutional support, the annual Right to Life March mm -hmm. is one of the great success stories in right. terms of the Catholic the church as a whole motivating um, concern and engagement on an issue, kind of a profound issue of injustice. Is that, is that replicatable? Are, you know, are it, it, or is it, has it got to be a kind of a different model to facilitate sustained engagement? Yeah. Okay. First, since we're we're shouting out the uh, the audience here, Catholic high school teachers are the salt of the earth. So thank you for listening. <laughs> um, in response to your question, I think I think it will be difficult, if not impossible, to get the you know scale of institutional support that we get for the March for Life um, in our current church climate, right? And I think a big part of that is that you know these kids require money to make this trip to go yeah. to this protest yeah. and a lot of the money in the church is coming from people who lean more conservative right they support this but they may not support something that's you know pushing you know their their own political comfort zone right so once you get into things that are more quote liberal um, you know it's something like going to protest for for criminal justice reform something like that I think it'll be harder to get just the financial support from the people who tend to, to give their money to the church for these types of things. Um, so, you know, is it replicatable? Maybe not, not, not in the church that I see today on, on this scale, but does that mean it's not worth trying for? No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. What got you into, inter I mean, you've, you've explained a little bit about um, why you wrote the article for America, mm -hmm. but why did you go to the protests in the first place? In other words, what got you engaged um, politically? Uh, why did they go to what? The the DACA protest. I mean, in oh, other words, you're I didn't go to that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So that was at. the thing. I was I was stuck in work, which is like one of the reasons why I think you know that millennials especially have such a hard time, right? We're all financially strapped for cash, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we have to work these long hours, and it's. You have to make a real sacrifice. You have to like use your precious vacation days if you want to be involved in Catholic yeah. activism, yeah. Um, which is one of the big things I talked about in my lecture at John Carroll last night. What got me interested was I remember, you know, I always kind of heard the name Dorothy Day. I had, you know, kind of heard that there were people who were involved in this, but I didn't really know what it looked like. And then I remember being in a an editorial board meeting of my college paper and. Um, the New York Times alert popped up that Dan Berrigan had died. And I didn't know who Dan was, but I saw in the little preview window, like, uh, you know, anti-war activist Jesuit dies. And I was like, anti-war activist Jesuit? I like all those things. <laughs> I'm very interested in all those mm -hmm. things. So I started reading the article, and I remember just being, like, amazed that, that somebody could be Catholic in that way, right? Mm. That they mm -hmm. could... Um, yeah, that they, that they could kind of push the limits and participate in things like civil disobedience and uh, while still being a, a, a good Catholic, right, mm -hmm. a faithful Catholic. Mm -hmm. um, and to do these things inspired by their faith, mm -hmm. not in opposition, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. but this being a, 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 an inspiration or a motivation for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's what got me interested. And then 
you know, I started reading all these books about like Dan and Dorothy and Thomas Merton. I read a lot about Madeleine Delbrel, who I think is, she's nicknamed the French Dorothy Day and mm -hmm. she doesn't get enough attention. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I got to New York, I started kind of bopping around these activist groups, uh, Catholic activist groups, just to, to try to see if I fit in anywhere. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about that story is um, the importance of stories. Like, of I mean, in encountering, you know, the story of, mm -hmm. of Berrigan and these other figures, um, and I'm thinking particularly in terms of what, you know, sort of engages my students. Mm -hmm. it's, it's those kinds of stories and examples. And you re you've read a lot, you've done a lot of research on this. Mm -hmm. Any books you'd recommend? Um, yeah, At Play in the Lion's Den by D Jim Forrest okay. is, uh, so Forrest was friends with Dan and Phil, he was friends with Phil first and then became friends with Dan, and uh, he was a correspondent of Merton's. Uh -huh. And he wrote this biography slash memoir of Dan Berrigan that came out last year. And America got like a review copy of it. <laughs> and I, so I read that last winter and it really kind of opened up for me like who, who Dan was and what his life was about. And it's told from a very intimate perspective. Um, and there are tons of photos in it. So that's a great one. Uh -huh. It's pretty short too, uh -huh. um, easy to digest. Yeah, uh, Merton's journals very great way of getting introduced to him. Um, I just finished The Life You Save May Be Your Own by Paul Eli. Oh, yeah. It's a combined biography of um, Dorothy Day, Thomas Merton, Walker Percy, and Flannery O'Connor. Yes. So if you're interested in more of like a literary perspective, right. um, there are some chapters in there that might be really good to use. Uh -huh. Yeah, probably that one's, that's a very thick book. It's like 500 something. Pages. Right, but, I, but the way it's broken down may be an mm -hmm. interesting way to kind of introduce Right, um, right. He's a good writer, so that you know yeah, kind of draws sure. you in. Um, so, one thing I wanted to ask you, thinking about, because I'm thinking about books, and I'm thinking about books that high schoolers would read, or, right, or right. pieces that yeah. high schoolers would read. Um, so, you write very clearly from the perspective of a millennial, right. which Pew, at least now, is <laughs> defining as those born between 1981 and 1996. Okay. So, yeah, I fell in there. 22 <laughs> to 37 years of age. Yep. So, how are, how, you know, from the research you've done or the work you've done, mm -hmm. how are millennials like and how are they unlike the next generation? Whatever like Gen Z. Like Gen Z, yeah, the high, today's high schoolers. Yeah. Um, I think Gen Z takes a lot of millennials' like activist impulses and wants to take them farther, right? You look at like the Parkland kids, they're, they're you know, prime Gen Z. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, they are. They These are the, the uh, kids who are protesting. Um, against uh, gun against violence gun in violence. Florida after their high school got shot up right. um, on Valentine's Day this year. Yeah, so, you know, I look at them and I see they have, it seems to me, a lot fewer reservations about participating in, in big acts of protest or like organizing. They're willing to put in the work, I think, more than millennials are. Um, uh -huh. And you know, I love, <laughs> I love my generation, but right. I see a lot of hope coming out of this next yeah. one. And there's, I mean, they're whip smart. They're so fast. Um, uh -huh. And we're, we think we're good at social media, but we're kind of fed up by it. I think Gen Z is just, you know, they can harness that and keep up with, with yeah. what's happening yeah. extremely quickly. So I, when they work together, they accomplish great things, as we've seen with these Parkland kids. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, I, I see those differences. So, uh, for example, the Parkland kids, you see this kind of broader for lack of a better word, secular sort of movement. And I'm, the thing that attracted me to kind of your remarks last night in, in your lecture, John Carroll, were the, this notion of, 
of of Catholic activism as you know connecting with other people who share your religious faith mm -hmm. in order to advance a particular um, cause or issue. Right. Um, to me, that seems like a um, uh, there's a kind of a faith formation dimension mm -hmm. of doing that with other Catholics um, that would not be there. Um, despite all the good work, something like, you know, um, these right. other groups are doing. Yeah, like, I think we definitely need to put some more effort into into teaching kids, especially in Catholic schools, about this generation, or not generation, I'm sorry, this tradition of activism that we have, right? Right. As Catholics, I mean, I, I like to quip uh, that the term social justice was invented by a Jesuit in like the 17th century. <laughs> yeah, it goes back. <laughs> it goes way back, and it's a tradition that's worth keeping alive, and I think that today we see young people being really interested in reviving some of the traditions of the church, older traditions, and so why not teach this as part of that, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's crazy that I went through, you know, more than a decade, probably more than 15 years, pre-K through, through undergrad, in Catholic schools um, without, without ever knowing the story of Dan Berrigan or without even really being able to tell you what Dorothy Day did, mm -hmm. you know? And now I'm working on her canonization cause because I really want her to, <laughs> to be recognized and, and hopefully be taught in schools. But yeah, I, I feel like we can just really inspire kids and teach them that like it is possible to be Catholic in this, you know, socially aware, socially active way. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, yeah. Great. So resources. You mentioned the resources. at play in the uh, lion's den. Yeah, uh, Dorothy Day's long loneliness. Um, mm -hmm. What other you know like this um, learning about the Catholic tradition of activism? Like right. we learn about the Catholic tradition of of um, sacramental theology mm -hmm. or the Catholic tradition of mm -hmm. um, reflection on Jesus. What yeah. What are some what are some things that you found helpful? Are there, or are there groups to tap into? Just wide yeah, open sure. kind of. Where would you put um, uh, teachers in in con what would you put teachers in contact with? Yeah, you know, one thing that Dan Berrigan did a lot when he was teaching at Fordham was he took students on field trips, mm -hmm. right? He would take them out to protest or get arrested, or one famous story is when he uh, took a bunch of students out to this, you know, large hot grate in Manhattan and had them cut barbed wire off of it because the city had put it there to keep homeless people from sleeping on it. Um, I think, you know, we, you maybe don't, <laughs> don't need to do that if you want to, mm -hmm. that's great. Um, but maybe take your students on a field trip to a nearby Catholic worker house, or maybe connect with the like Santa Gidio community nearby, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. or you know find a find a parish justice group that's that's doing some good work in your community. Mm -hmm. Right, the needs of every community are different, so it's yeah. hard to it's hard to give umbrella recommendations. No, but it's it's, it's the 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 in, about connecting with. I mean, that could be an interesting project is checking with parishes. They ask yeah. the, you know the students to go back to their parishes and find out what their social uh, engagement yeah. committee is doing or what are some of the yeah. When I was issues. in college, uh, I did I came back to St. Louis one summer and did an internship with my diocesan newspaper. Um, and one of the things that I did was I made a short documentary for an America magazine film competition uh, called Voices from the Margins and I started exploring the uh, like racial reconciliation work that was happening out of a primarily Latino parish in Ferguson. Hmm. Um, 
yeah, it was really interesting. So like just, you know, looking into groups like that, you know, mm -hmm. contact your diocese. They probably know some cool projects that are going on. Mm -hmm. um, those are great ways to connect with, with groups, you know, that are Catholic and are doing justice work. Yeah, yeah. no, that's good. So parishes, diocesan mm -hmm. offices, every diocesan office yeah. has a right. social outreach, uh, justice committees. The Ignatian Family Teaching for Justice is an amazing resource if you can get your school to support you going to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a big meeting of people from Jesuit universities, students. It's about 2,000. It's about 2,000 students uh, and teachers from Jesuit and like Jesuit affiliated, you know, uh -huh. they have the Ignatian family of religious orders or whatever. Uh -huh. um, so you get a lot of Sacred Heart schools there. You get some parishes coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's an amazing yeah. weekend. That's, you're really learning advocacy on the ground. They have like policy briefings and like these inspirational talks. And then uh, on the last day of it, and then on the last day of it, uh, you end up going to Congress, meeting with your Congress people, and advocating for for these changes that you want to see from a Catholic angle. So this year, I think it focused on criminal justice reform, and um, gosh, I can't remember what else right now. Yeah. Yeah. So there are all kinds of things. Also, shameless plug: um, American Media has some great resources. We've been right. working a lot more on our resources for high school teachers, especially. Right. So we're putting together these. PDFs that you can find on our uh, America Special Topics pages. Okay. Uh, we have one for Dorothy Day. I think Wonderful. we're getting a few more together. Yeah, it's been an ongoing project. Great, but great. Well, we'll be sure to link to those. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I, I write about uh, a lot of these topics too and try to do it in a clear and understandable way for people who might not have a lot of background with this, aka high school students. Um, those might be a good resource for you too. We've been talking to Colleen Dully about young Catholic activism. Ms. Dully is an assistant producer at American Media in New York. Thank you, Colleen. Yeah, thanks for having me. Theology for Teachers is produced by Edward P. Hannenberg, the Breen Chair in Catholic Theology at John Carroll University, in collaboration with The Living Person Media. John Carroll is a Jesuit Catholic University in Cleveland, Ohio. To learn more, visit www.theologyforteachers.com. That's theologyforteachers.com.